here we go. The Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Thrilled you're here today listening. You know me, of course, I'm Eddie Cohn, host, creator of the show. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn, or of course, the Spiritual Spiral Podcast on Instagram. Really excited for today's show. I have a wonderful guest. He's been on the show a few times. My friend Matt Derry met in high school. We're still in touch 30, 40 years later, it feels like. Uh, It's been a long time. Uh, But I always love talking to Matt about sports, but also sort of how sports intersects with life. Uh, You can find Matt. He's he's really big on Twitter, at Dairy Speaks, but he also has a few podcasts for the Pistons, the Lions, also one with his brother Todd talking about uh, the Cleveland Indians, but you can find Matt at Dairy Speaks on Twitter. We talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. We also talk about equality in our society and culture, but I do want to tell a brief story or tell a couple quick things in the intro here before you listen to the conversation. I wake up today, by the way, last night was game five of the NBA Finals. Incredible game. I love basketball. So I wake up today and the first story that I see on my phone, on my iPhone, is a fan at the Red Sox-Yankees game threw a ball at one of the players. I don't remember if it was a Yankees or if it was a Yankee or a Red Sox player, but basically the story is a fan throws a baseball at a player. And I think the coach was thinking, you know, brought all of his players into the dugout, thinking possibly that they're going to cancel the game or forfeit the game. So that is the leading story on my feed, on my uh, phone. And of course, part of me thinks, well, maybe it's the algorithm of, of what I'm already watching, which I don't think is the case because I typically am not interested in those kind of stories. So I do call a friend of mine and ask him, what's the first story that's showing up on his feed on his phone? And sure enough, it's the same story. So here we have this amazing finals that's going on. And I realize it's not big market teams, uh, but we have this great game last night. Instead of talking about the amazing game that's happening last night or that happened last night, the lead story in Apple News or whatever medium is is sharing the sports for Apple News is some idiot fan is throwing a baseball at a player. And so I bring this up because, you know, we point fingers at human beings, at, at human nature, at our culture, and at sort of the the insane behavior of human beings. But I, I have the sense, I like to point the finger at the media. Who is deciding to post those stories? Who is making the decision to post that story over how great the NBA was or how great the NBA Finals was? What I think we should be doing, we should be investigating who is running these media corporations? Who is making these decisions? And I think a lot of times people will say, well, maybe it's just the algorithm. But I think... The algorithm is not innocuous when it's being led or driven by money and advertising. I think if we are relying on the algorithm, then the intention is nefarious. It's evil. And I think it's leading people down directions and paths that ultimately gets into sort of the carnal and salacious instincts of human beings. And it's messy. 
And I think also what's ironic here is that if a fan ever runs onto the field of a ball game, the camera doesn't show that person doing that. And the reason is, is because they don't want people to get the idea that they can go onto the court and just run around. So it's, it's, it's kind of ironic, don't you think? The media knows that if they show things on television, people may get the idea that they should do them themselves. So knowing that, who is making the decisions on what people should be seeing and watching? I, I feel like we're looking at it all the wrong way. You know, I, and I talk about this word equality on, on the show, and I'm going to keep talking about it, I think, uh, over my next few episodes. I have some great guests lined up. Before the talk with Matt, my last point, just watch this amazing conversation between Oprah Winfrey and Elliot Page, who used to be Ellen Page. She's now Elliot Page. And they also talk about equality. Is, is equality even possible? We're trying to fix all of these, these, these things that are happening in the world that are, that are pretty disgusting from <laughs> happening right now. Can they be fixed? Can we create a utopian world? And I wonder, do we have to just come to terms with this idea that human beings are incredibly complicated? They're wonderful, but also filled with vitriol. And are we looking at it all the wrong way? You know, I, I think, you know, when Oprah and Elliot talk about this, they talk about how, how so many of people's assumptions towards other people are based on what they've seen in the movies, in the TV world. So here's the media and all these Hollywood stars complaining about our culture, pointing fingers and saying all these things that are wrong with it, which I agree with. But isn't the irony here that a lot of people's impressions and prejudices that have been created are ironically created by the entertainment industry. These are sort of some areas that I'm interested in talking about over the next few weeks. Certainly talk about it with Matt. My next few guests also lined up. I'm going to be talking about these areas as well. I just think we need to be a little bit more aware about how we're consuming I mean, if you were doing nothing but watching violent video games all day, what is that going to do to your headspace? If you're on Twitter all day, what is that going to do? Again, it's just some ideas that I'm wrapping my head around. You know where to find me, Instagram, at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Matt Derry, my guest, at Derry Speaks on Twitter. I have a bunch of new music that's coming out eddiecone.bandcamp.com, the website, iameddiecone.com. And that's it. Matt, thanks so much for joining me on the show again. As always to you, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. My, my man what's the latest how you doing i'm doing well how about you i'm good i'm good man feeling good yeah, yeah. feeling good feeling, yeah. feeling strong i saw they uh they just put a new mask mandate out in california huh boy you, you just want to get right into it don't you no 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 <laughs> we're not taping yet don't start yet no we have we're we're, we're already taping no hey man it's... no 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 <laughs> it's no, fine no we're not well, I can delete. No. I can delete that. No, we'll we'll talk masks. We'll talk life. We'll talk sports. No.
Oh, it's fine. Uh, and, but I got to say, it's, it's, it is the end of the world that you, the, the world that you and I ever knew, uh, it's, it's, it's over, man. I, I really believe that. It's over. Yeah, wow. I know. Strong words. You think so? Huh? Well, I think I, I, I meet people in their 20s, late teens, who um, are, are like, they, they won't go out in, in public without a mask on. Um, I, I think the mental brainwashing, the... Uh, brainwashing? I, yeah. No, I, I'm, look, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here. I, yeah. I, I think there's fears and anxieties every day. I think sure. you and yeah. I have you and I have a better chance of uh, getting into a car accident and dying than we do uh, having anything seriously happening to us uh, from COVID. And now that that is actually do we, a, re- do we really have to have this conversation? No, I was just messing with you about no, the mask. No, I know, but I, here's the thing: fear is. I'll just I'll just say this: fear is powerful. You can get anybody oh, to, yeah. to do sure. anything if they're scared. And I just, we'll just leave it at this. I, I'm not being conspiratorial. I believe that there's something out there that exists. But I, yeah. I guess this will relate to, to my point when it comes to sports. I want to talk about reaction. We live in such a reactionary world. And it's all about the reaction. You know, the, the phones are, let me make a quick point then, because I'm going to go down a few rabbit holes here. The phones. Yeah. Are the, you going? Are you going on your phone rant? Again? No, no. But here's the thing: the phones and the videos—they always show yeah. the reaction. They never right. show what caused whatever you're seeing on on the video, and it always turns into a he said, she said. So I want to bring up Chris Paul and Patrick Beverly. We sort of touched on it a little bit. So you know, the last game, um, Patrick Beverly. Like, hold, hold on, hold on. You're like shot out of a cannon. <laughs> you're the one. That, Aren't you? Some, well, aren't you supposed to like introduce yourself? Or am I no, that's to- that's the intro. That's the intro. I'll record oh, that so later. You're making an entire intro out of this. Okay. Right. Oh no no no. I'm, just, this... I'm along for the ride. No no no. We're, I'm going to record. You know how many fucking podcasts I host, Eddie. <laughs> Me being a guest on someone else's show. This is great. I don't have to do anything. Oh yeah. No, I'm going to. No, don't worry. I recorded intro before all this. But here, no. But you you okay. kind of. But your time is limited, so I just want to jump in. Um, right. So yeah. I want to talk about reaction. You know, you, 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 you know. I, I, this is my. This is all I, I think about culturally. How we've reacted, and it, to me, it makes no sense. But then you, I bring up this Chris Paul Patrick Beverly story because last game, last series, Patrick Beverly shoves Chris Paul in the back, and so <laughs> there, there were a lot of people that enjoyed that. Well, well, here's the thing, you know. The media goes nuts over, oh, Patrick Beverly should never have done that. And while that possibly could be true, we all know that Chris Paul said something to get him to to react that way. And it's weird, but we live in this world where we don't want to talk about what anybody says or does that causes these bizarre reactions. Yes. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Where on? I mean, if this is a Friday, you are fired up. First of all, ready to go. To see you. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, bald people. There's a lot of bald men out there. Okay. But there are there, many of them are like, I'm bald, and I'm just. This is 
you're an attractive bald man. Oh, Can I say that? Thank you. It's like it's a it's a, and I'm not just saying that because you and I have known each other for. Are like you avoiding? My, are you avoiding my question? Are you going to? No, you, I'm going to get to it. Okay, I'm talking now. Stop. This is a good Stop. point. No, but I want to bring that. That's a good point. Go ahead. So yes, the point is, is you're right. We we spend a lot of time just reacting, and not taking in everything first. For example, Richard Sherman. Okay, this mm. is in the news, right? Yes. Did you hear about this? Yes. So Richard Sherman is having some emotional problems and he's lost. So he gets drunk, comes home, tries to break into his in-laws house. Somehow his wife calls the police and says, get some help over here. So everyone's like, oh, Richard Sherman, I, I knew he was a bad guy. And he comes out 24 hours later. So the, re the first reaction was, oh my gosh, domestic violence, uh, driving while intoxicated. What a freak. He comes out 24. So that's the reaction right away without anybody thinking, you're right, Eddie, maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe he had he is having some mental or emotional problems. Right. Maybe we can wait and get the entire story before we react. But Twitter and, you know, and, and, and the phone, you know, so I get it. So now 24 hours later, Sherman comes out and says, I'm sorry. I'm going through a really rough time. What I did was wrong and I'm going to get some help and I'm and I'm appreciative of the people that love me and I, I, I need some help. And it's almost like, wow, what a good guy. Like he came forward and said, I screwed up. I, I messed up. So the reaction now is different than it was 24 hours ago. So your Chris Paul point is correct. At first it was, what a cheap shot. How did somebody two hands to the back? You could have really injured the guy. But then in reality, if you talk to people and you and I have talked all the time, I have a lot of NBA contacts. I know plenty of people around the league that have never liked Chris Paul that have said, Hey, there's a reason why he's been on like five teams, you know, <laughs> and, and others love him, but there you go. I mean, that's, that's sometimes how it goes, but uh, it's not the, we'll eventually get the full story after this whole thing's over and they'll probably jump to the Knicks next year. Just watch. I'm having a hard time root. I, I have to say, I really enjoyed the finals. I, I can't root for Phoenix. I, I, I think it's because of Chris Paul. Really? I think it's Chris Paul. Yeah. I really think he, whoever's his PR person, whoever's controlling sort of the narrative of what people should think about, I, I think has done a great job because I, I sort of look below, the, below all of that. And I don't like him. I don't like the way he plays. I think he's very, uh, he's a bully out there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like it. I can't. He's, root. he's definitely devious. Yes. Uh, if you go back and remember, even going back to his college days at Wake Forest and then his early NBA career, he was a bit of a cheap shot artist. He used to slide his foot under other guys' legs, so when they landed, they would turn their ankle. He has done some pretty devious things over the years. Now it's a nice story because these teams are so young, the Bucks and the Suns, that a veteran, you know, for the casual fan, they're going, "Wait, Bucks Suns Finals? Who the hell are on these teams?" Oh, Chris Paul, I know him because he's 36 and he's, right. he's on Lafayette out, out by you. And he was on Houston with Harden. So he's been around. And the Suns, yeah, I, you know, I, I've known Willie Green for a long time. When I was the play-by-play -play voice at the University of Detroit uh, Titans for many years, I called every single one of Willie Green's games. He's an assistant with the Suns. He's now about to get the head coaching job with the Pelicans. And you will not find a better person in life than Willie. And Willie swears by Chris Paul. Swears by him. It's like his big brother. So, uh, or little brother. Um, yeah. I think Willie's a little bit older than him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that because he's a recognizable name, you either root for him or against him. But people that are really into the NBA uh, don't, don't love that he's a part of that uh, banana boat crew with <laughs> D Wade and LeBron. And, 
But then there's others rooting for him just because he's never won a title and he's he never could get over the hump. And now he's what two wins away. Yeah. Who who do you want to win? I'm rooting for Milwaukee. Yeah. And that's and it's, it's funny. Uh, John Bloom, who does pre and post game for the Suns and play by play. I went to college with John. John lived here in Detroit um, and uh, worked with me in Detroit. So he does the Suns stuff. He loves the Suns. So I want the Suns to do well for him. I know Willie, but I'm rooting for Milwaukee just because one of my buddies, Chad Forcier, is an assistant with the Bucks. And I don't know. They're kind of this nondescript. I think Giannis is a really nice guy. Yeah. Too. You know, I'm kind of rooting for Giannis, but. I don't hate Phoenix. I mean, if they won, it wouldn't bother me uh, either. I think Monty Williams is awesome. And what he went through personally and everything years ago, he would be a nice story too. But I, uh, the games, I, I, it takes me a second, Eddie, to remember that the games are on. Right. Because this is not a, this is not like a LeBron in the finals or Lakers or, or, or Michael led bulls or whatever, or the warriors, which were fun to watch. I know a lot of people, especially back home, in our hometown of Cleveland, just hate Golden State. I thought the way the Warriors played was awesome for the game. Hmm. Uh, so I don't hate them at all, but they're not in it. So this is t- a tough sell for, for the casual fan, Milwaukee yeah. and Phoenix. Yeah. What about you? You root for the Bucks? Yeah, I think the Chris Paul factor is uh, really... Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I also think De- I, I, Devin Booker, I think, is amazing. But there is something... Oh, he, is. he does have that sort of spoiled... Uh, bratty thing going on i just really i, I, I pick up well that. what about that foul the other night that was the sixth i mean he, he, had, he, he had like nine fouls <laughs> i've never seen a guy score 40 and get seven or eight fouls yeah game. look the guy is uh guy's an amazing talent i i love watching him he but is. there there is this strange sort of spoiled cleveland's like brattiness about him i know he's not from cleveland but there's i don't know i he's just amazing. he's actually from my 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 state he's actually from michigan oh he is okay yeah, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a good player. All he's the Devin good. Booker fans out there are going to hate me now. Um, <laughs> he's pretty sweet. That's yeah. a, that team's going to be good for a long time. Oh, yeah. Whether they have CP3 next year or not, they they got a good young nucleus and uh, some guys on very cheap rookie contracts for a little while. Like two cams, uh, they're they're going to be good for a while. That's a good. Team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're fun to watch. They they are fun to watch. I was kind of thinking when you brought up the. Um, the bald comment about me, by the way, thank you. No, <laughs> yes. but it's, this is something that I've been thinking about. This isn't really sports related, but this kind of goes to Chris Paul, though. Also, I wonder if he's the way he is because he's always been sort of short compared to a lot of the other players that he used to play with on the playground before the NBA. And, you know, you bring up me being bald and, and you know, I think about this word equality. And I know there's like all these programs and initiatives and corporations are trying to make everything equal. And and yeah. I, w- I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. It's it's like tall people a lot of times have bigger advantages than than little people. A lot of bald sure. a lot of bald men uh, are insecure <laughs> and I feel like they're less uh, confident as men with a full head of that's hair. Nat- that's that's natural. That's no, natural. I, I guess so. Like, at, at what point? So, d- d- are we going to start doing initiatives for bald men and short people because? They, oh God! No, but like, at what point? Like, I guess here's my point. Man, I don't, you're taking this way. You're taking this wait, way too. Far. No, no. Here, let me <laughs> let me bring up my point. I don't think equality is possible. <laughs> it's impossible. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. It's, it's, it's an impossibility. And I think somehow we need to get comfortable with this idea that, you know something, 
I, there's some things that uh, are going to, people are going to be better than you at some things. People are going to be given advantages that, that you're not going to get. I, I don't know. I think life is just really freaking hard and random. And well, re remember that, remember that conversation we had a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about Rick Carlisle getting the Pacers job. And there were some people on Rick for saying, wait, you're the president of the Basketball Coaches Association. Right. And you're preaching equality, like you said, or opportunities for African-American coaches, female coaches, whatever. Yet you jump right from one job, Dallas, to the Pacer job within days. And the Pacers didn't interview anybody else. Wait a minute. Remember in the NFL, we got the Rooney rule, like black coaches got to get jobs and we, mm. we got to interview everybody. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. In this instance, the Pacers, who have a good team, who had a shit coach this last year, this rookie Nate Bjorkman, who was a disaster, no business coach. They fire him after one year and go, what we need is a real coach. Here's Rick, who won a ring with the Mavs, who in 0102, and I watched every game and I worked for the team, he did the best coaching job I've ever seen at any level in any sport with the 2001-2002 Pistons, where Eddie, as a basketball fan, you probably couldn't name anybody on that team. They won 50 fucking games. Yeah. And Rick was coached there, and you went, wait a minute. It's Jerry Stackhouse, uh, 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 Ben Wallace, before he was Ben Wallace, right. uh, Chucky Atkins, Damon Jones, Zelly Rebracha, and Michael Curry. And you're going, how the hell they win 50 games? Because this guy came in and coached. Yeah. So the my original point is the Pacers went out and got him. They knew him. He coached there before. He was an assistant there before. This is his third time back. So then people go, oh, wait a minute. President of the Basketball Coach Association who says everybody's got to get equal opportunities is just jumping at a job and he's a white coach. And it's like, hold on a second. Can we back off the equality on this instance? Yes, totally. Because this is a guy, white, black, female, male, whatever. He's the best guy. Now, uh, the, the Blazers hired an African-American coach. The Celtics hired an African-American coach. The Mavs, just uh, the Magic just hired an African-American coach. The, these females, Becky Hammond is going to get a job eventually. And so there's like, I see what you're saying is not every instance do we have to play the card. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, and sometimes I think, are we getting to a place where the best qualified person is is no longer potentially the person that's going to get the position. It's it's because people are more worried slash thinking about making sure everybody has an equal opportunity. But I just often think that's just an impossibility. We, we should already be there. African-American coaches, female coaches, CEOs. I mean, the other day I, I was doing an interview for from a podcast at my office at Financial Architects. And the show is called Inside Financial Architects and people can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I was interviewing this guy, Damon, who owns a business in the city of Detroit. It's called Guest, G-E-S-T, Guest Carts. And it's basically like free Uber mm -hmm. or free Lyft around the city. And you can go from a restaurant to a ball game and they'll pick you up. And about halfway through the podcast, I realized, you know what? I have to do this. But it wasn't on top of mind. I'm going to ask Damon about being a black-owned business owner in the city. It was one question. I brought it up because uh, the city of Detroit is um, – highly African-American, at least the folks that many of the folks that live there. I wanted to mix that in, but it wasn't the first question. And I know so many African-American business owners in Detroit. I know Hispanic business owners, but I wanted to still mix it in because I wanted to have that conversation and ask them about it. But it was one question. I didn't spend the entire podcast going, hey, what's it like being a 
Black-owned business owner because I don't want to be that cliche host that checks off the box. I'm just 2021 guy that knows I got black friends, white friends, Mexican, Hispanic friends, Asian friends. I know people of all, and it just came natural to me to have a conversation with the guy. It caught me about halfway through. I should ask that. But you know what's interesting? You know what yeah, and I, I'm very similar to you, and I think I bring these these this point up because I have so many different. I have friends from, I don't have many friends, but I have friends from many different cultures. And it's weird. When I look at people, I'm not thinking about skin color, mm-hmm. race. I don't. Right. I, and and I, but, but my attitude is I actually have a curiosity towards other cultures and other people. I get excited living in a city where there's so many different races and cultures. And we went to Texas to check it out about five months ago. And I got to say, immediately, the one thing that I was unimpressed by, and there was actually a few things, it was just very um, flat culturally. I mean, it was just basically one, predominantly one race. And I like the multilingual, multicultural areas. It's it's exciting. It's fresh. I think it adds something. And, and I have this curiosity towards it. And it's it's strange. I, 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 I don't understand people that don't feel the way you and I do. I know. I don't either. And I, I think it's a shame and it might be upbringing. It might be parents. Uh, um, it makes, it makes, it's, it makes me sad. You know, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, we're all, we're all, we all are supposed to be in this thing together, especially now after the last 15 months. And we are at a point now in our country and in society, it's just so divisive. And you hear stuff now and you're like, what is this, the 60s? What is yeah. this, the 50s? Like, are you serious with that conversation? And it's like, it's sad, you know? It's, uh doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I just think- love each other and, you know. Yeah. You know, and, and live and enjoy it. You're only on, the, you only get, get to do this thing one time. I'm, I'm a little concerned now. Um, I, I, I have anxiety, you know, leaving the house now. And I think it's something that I um, dealt with and got over um, through just vacations and trips and forcing myself to go to other countries and go to other cultures uh, because uh, it's weird. I feel this sort of this. I don't know if I'm projecting. I, I don't think I am because I do speak to other friends who feel it, too. But there does feel like there's this sort of ripple of anxiety in the air oh no question and for our kids you know i have three and my um my stepson uh, who's 18 had a lousy junior and senior year of high school he didn't get to go to homecoming and get to go to prom everything was pretty much shut down for the last year and a half my son who's a gonna be a sophomore at indiana university he is you know, all, you know me, Eddie, we've known each other forever. He, all he wanted to do was go to like a Big Ten school and go to football and basketball games. Yeah. He attended zero football games in Indiana, had their best football season in 70 years. And then, you know, he had to watch the games in his dorm. And then basketball, he did a few games on the radio for the student station as a freshman. So he got to actually be in the arena. But this whole thing was ruined, you know. And and so he made the best of it. Um AJ, my, my stepson, he's doing the best he can do. My daughter, who's 16, poor, rough year, you know, because once you shut down schools and you, you know, hey, we're going to homeschool or we're going to do it on Zoom, 
but you're not having that interaction with others. You're not talking to your friends. You're not seeing them. It's hard on these kids, man. It is hard. And it's going to be, it's going to take a while to get that generation back up and running again, where you're right. You brought up the word anxiety. It's there. My daughter struggles with it. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And so you're right. You're thinking, you know, you, you see the one guy that's walking through uh, the Kroger or the Meyer with no mask on going, we're back, we're open. And he's <laughs> snotting away. And, you know, and then you get the woman next to him in the mask going, Oh my God, taking a uh, hand sanitizer, you know, and like dousing herself in it. So right. you know, there's such a roller coaster right now. And, um, I see both sides of it, but what you said, you had anxiety going out of the house because of COVID or because of the hate people have? Like, what is it? Yeah, it's like, kind of, I'll try and be brief here. You know, I've had this stance about COVID because I think I'm a, I came from a place of having health conditions. I came from having anxiety, germophobia, hypochondriacal behavior, so it's sort of like I've battled through all of that, and and yeah, and, and right, I right. and it's sort of like, wait, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore because I know <laughs> I know how easy it is. You you are you are dealing with that in high school. You to- totally. So it's like yeah. I I just got to the other side of that mountain that was like a freaking 10, 20 year mountain, and so the whole world wants us all to be like me because you know you think not you one thinks that I'm I'm being. Uh, insane to have this stance, but I am telling you, this world just created about a million to five million more hypochondriacs, uh, ger- germaphobes. Uh, who's, who's the guy? Who's the guy that was on the game show with Howard Stern? Oh yeah, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. He won't touch anything. No. So, I mean, to your yeah. point, it, it, is that a healthy um, way, way to of, yeah. of living? And I certainly don't think it is. And and. Um, I, I, you asked me something else and I suddenly forgot, shoot, I forgot my point. No, when you, you said, you said anxiety leaving your house. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's just this strange, um, I, I'm, I'm feeling less hopeful about and less positive about human beings, like as as good as good people. It, I know it sounds sort of misanthropic. Yeah, and and I don't, I'm not. I look, I'm I'm a healthy guy. I take vitamins. I exercise every day. I I know I'm in good health. So the COVID thing is not top of mind. But there's still this strange. It feels like anybody could just go off on me at any moment sometimes. It's, it's Well, no. Uh, my brother went to an Indians game a couple of weeks ago. And um, this was when they – I still think they had a mandate on the attendance. Right. And they were distancing people in the stadium. But they were just trying to get people back to the ballpark. I mean, here, here he is taking his daughter, who is – my niece is 12, 11, 12. And she loves the game. She loves baseball. I mean, how many 11 or 12 year old girls do you know that love baseball? She's into the tribe. Todd loves the team, as you know. And, 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 you know, the Indians have about 10 hardcore watch every game fans out there. Your mother is one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them. And my brother. So, and my buddy, Jeremy. So you're talking about, I know a handful of them. So he takes us out of the game and the whole game was just this asshole two sections over just screaming at the other team and, and saying things over and over again and calling guys names and making fun of stuff. And and he wanted to turn to this guy and go, shut up. Yeah. But then he's like, is this guy going to come over and start beating on me? Like, 
You don't know. If you go to a ball game and we're and we're we're released into the wild again after 15 months. Why are you going to the game and acting like an idiot? Like, so you're right. You just never know, especially in LA, where it's like you get out there and there's going to be some crazy just <laughs> deciding that you're his target. Well, that's not how we were raised. That's not how it was a little while ago. I mean, I went. I live in an area out here in Michigan that is some people call it Trump country. Okay. Right. Um, and so there are some people here that every Saturday they go to this corner of the street and they wave their flags. Uh, they wear their red hats and they get angry. Yeah. They get angry. It's like a guy's just walking past them going to the right aid on the corner. Is that guy going to get harassed just because he wants to walk by some people and not have, not have any opinion either way. Maybe he voted for him. Maybe he didn't, but like if he doesn't join in they're going to just start beating on him. Like what? That's not what we're supposed to be all about. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's really, yeah, I went to the, it's funny, I went to play golf for the first time a month ago, and I'm out there chipping, uh, and the chipping green, I haven't played, I haven't played in like 20 years. I finally go out. Are you serious? I finally go out to play. You always could play. Yeah. So, well, I stunk this time, but, so I'm chipping on the, my, literally my third chip, and then some guy he looks up to me and he goes, what, what are you doing? I go, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm chipping that hole. He goes, what hole? I go, the one right where you're standing. He goes, you need to ask me where you're going to go first before you start chipping. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? And then he had this look in his eye where oh, if I told him to fuck off or said something, <laughs> not even that extreme, but if I had said something, he was going to yeah. throw his golf club at me. I mean, it oh just, it God. feels right. like that could happen. Everybody, everybody's ready to fight. Yes. I feel that. Oh, I, I don't know. It's, it's strange, you know, so. That's great. That's crazy. Oh, I know what I was, I, this is my last point and then I'll. I'll let you go. Oh, here comes my cat. Hang on, let me. Hey, now. Wow, look at that! It's live on the. Um... Say hi to Matt. <laughs> so, you, are you? I forgot you're a cat. Didn't you have dogs when you were a kid? Yeah, we had a dog when I was a kid. What was your dog's name? Coco. You hated Coco. Oh, Coco! You hated that <laughs> dog. Yes. You hated what a that legend. dog. Yes. Oh, yeah, you never gosh. liked Coco. You weren't a dog person. You always hated dogs. No, still not. Still yeah, not. I okay. went over to a friend's uh, house a couple weeks ago, and the dogs were attacking. I was yeah. standing there like, you don't like dogs? I'm like, no. Yeah. My wife doesn't either. My 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 kids love them. Love them. Um, uh, okay. Let, let me focus here. Nellie, what are you doing? So this is the other thing I was thinking when you were talking. I think also we're reacting the way we are in these sort of frenzied states of mind and and you don't know how people are going to react because I think the world has sort of turned into this combination of MTV, MTV music video and like the ticker tape at the bottom of like CNN where just, you know, everything is just flooded at people. You have, you have no idea what John just read on YouTube or, or watched on YouTube next to you. Um, you have no idea what Jennifer was doing five hours ago on Snapchat. You have no idea what Jimmy and Joe were paying attention to on some weird website. You know, back 15, 20 years ago, you know, there was three or four 
networks. There was one newspaper right. in Cleveland, and there was yep. sort of like this common ground where, granted, there were idiots even 20 years ago, clearly, but it feels like you're running into a situation now where you have no idea what's getting somebody emotionally enraged. You don't know what, what their experience was. I, I don't know. I think that is part of the reason why it feels like chaos could sort of just unfold at any moment. Yeah, the information that you can get and, and how available it is, um, it's pretty remarkable. Like I mentioned the Richard Sherman story earlier. Gosh, within five or six hours of it happening, you know, the 911 call was already on Twitter. Like, wow, you know, that's this scary. guy's entire personal business. And yes, that's a public thing and there, you could FOIA it and it's recorded and I get it, but uh, it's amazing how people just are starving for information and the next thing, you know, that you can't, like you said, we're, you know, we're sports fans and you watch a game and then the next minute it's, all right, is the game the story or is what's going to happen in the press conference the story? You know, the U.S., uh, American, uh, the U.S. Olympic basketball team, they've lost like a couple of games in the preseason or these exhibition games. So people are up in arms. How can the U.S. lose? Well, number one, it's not the dream team, right? This isn't Magic Bird, Jordan, and that group anymore. It's, you know, JaVale McGee just got added to the team. That should tell you something. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a question, and I'll let you go after this. This goes yeah. this, how much do you do you place any blame on the media or do you place the blame on human nature? Because I do believe the media is specifically choosing things that they think are going to sort of like get people's attention or, you know, or do you think, well, I, I, don't I, know. Do, I do think, yes, I do think there are media members who are more entertainers than actual media people. Stephen A. Smith makes $8 million a year from ESPN. He's an entertainer. Hmm. He is damn entertaining. I don't particularly like him, but I, I get why he's uh, a hot commodity. I get why people want to hear his hot takes. He's an entertainer. But then people will tie that into the real reporters and say, well, Stephen A. Smith said this, and how dare him? You know, he's he's a journalist. Stephen used to be a journalist. He was a damn good one when he covered the Sixers for the Philadelphia paper. I think it was the Inquirer. But now he's an entertainer. And we're having a very difficult time differentiating between reporters and journalists and entertainers. It's a huge issue. My friend Mike Valeni is the best local sports talk host I know. I think he's fabulous. He works at 97.1 The Ticket here in Detroit. He does afternoon drive. He's fantastic. I worked with him for four years. Mike always said, I'm not a journalist. If I hear a rumor through a guy, I'm going to bring it up on the show and it's going to be entertaining. If the team doesn't <laughs> like that I brought that up, I don't cover the team. I'm not a journalist. I'm entertaining you. Now, if he says something that is personal or slander, slanderous or libel, he could be in some trouble. But there's that distinction we can't get through. And I think there are some journalists who are trying sometimes to be entertainers and trying to get their name out there. This, this Joe Varden guy, he was pushing Pop's buttons the other night, Popovich. And Popovich is like, you going to let me talk? You let me finish? And there's people that don't like Joe Varden. Uh, but then there's people that don't like Pop. But that was an entertaining thing to watch. For me, I'm watching. I go, whoa! Look at Popovich. But see that distinction? We have a hard time. Sure. With that. I think yeah. there are some journalists going. I'm funny. I'm great. Let me do something crazy. It's like, well, why don't you stay in your lane and cover the games and not be the story? Yeah. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. 
Popovich is this interesting guy, as you're saying it. Like, is he just an asshole? Or, you know, it's weird. Like, I've seen the way he treats reporters and, you know. Yeah. God, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I hear your point, but part of me. I know. Thinks, I mean, I just, I know people that just swear by the guy. Like, just say, deep down, away from all of this. He just drinks wine, has a good family, is a good guy, cares so much. You know, Tim Duncan was giving his uh, acceptance speech. I watched it at the Hall of Fame a couple months ago. And he just, I mean, he broke down in tears talking about how Greg yeah. Popovich saved his life and was a father figure and a mentor for him. Uh, but then you're right. Then you watch that press conference the other day and you go, why is he being such a dick to that reporter? So um, it kind of is what makes the NBA very entertaining. There is always some sort of story and sidebar. And, you know, baseball just had their all-star game. I watched every pitch of it. It was boring. I can't believe you did that. And there was that. nothing. It was like. Once Otani left the game, it was, what time is it? Why am I still watching this? No, there yeah. was nothing else on. I watched, but boy, was that boring. Yeah. But you never get that with the NBA. There's always some sort of sidebar. There's always some player that might be dating one of the Jenners or one of the Kardashians. And there might be, <laughs> in the NBA, it's just, oh, there's always something. Today I saw, uh, you know, somebody made a comment about, Slow day in the NBA. Who cares about the finals? It's Bucks and Suns. And then oh, Damian Lillard wants to be traded, and he's going to make a statement. There's always somebody wanting to be traded, wanting to be moved. Yeah, something's going on. The Popovich thing. Every day, there's a. The NBA is a, a unbelievable soap opera. Always entertaining. Well, Matt, this is awesome. It's great to see you. It's great to do a podcast, you too, buddy. It's great to do a podcast where you don't have to do any of the work. Just have to listen to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? What do you got this weekend? What's going on out in L.A.? Um, we're going. A friend of ours is having a birthday party, um, so we're gonna do karaoke on Saturday night. Oh wow! Yeah, and then, that's right in your wheelhouse. I mean, you could really sing. I mean, you're you're an artist. It's so. weird. I don't do the karaoke thing though. It's weird. Maybe you I don't. don't. Like yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't after a couple of glasses of wine. Maybe do a little uh, Bruce Springsteen Glory Days or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I mean, we all know, like Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, the, yeah. Well, if I drink, if I drink wine, I would probably get like I'm, I'm allergic to grapes, so I can't drink wine anymore. Are you really? Yeah. Uh huh. I, I tell people all the time. I'm like, I had this high school friend, and he had what kind of arthritis was it? Was it JRA? Yeah, the bad kind. <laughs> Very early on in his life. And, yeah. Um, and you went out to California. You've never left. No. And you're and um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, man. Uh, good for you, man. I'm glad you're glad you're doing well. Things are good. And and you, what's what podcast are you doing right now? For whom? So uh, I'm waiting on the Pistons to get back to me. I'm, okay. Uh, I got to do something today or tomorrow for their show. That that one's on their website on Pistons.com. Okay. Um, my Locked On Lions show I do Monday through Thursday, so I was off of that today. Um, I did our company's podcast two days ago. Inside Financial Architects, kind of a nice business podcast, and we talked to several different people. My brother and I will be doing the Dairy Brothers right. Tribe cast again on Monday, recapping the weekend. I know you'll you'll be up late tonight watching Tribe A. <laughs> yes, at least I will be. <laughs> and uh, that's that's it. That's it. I got. I just have a quick call with a, with a colleague at four fifteen here, and I'm going to start my weekend. I got some laundry going upstairs. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. Nice. To, <laughs> hey, man, life is life is good at home. You know, it's not that there's nothing it's wrong. All right. With, yeah, it's nothing all right. wrong with staying home all day. It's just uh, things right. I'm noticing. Um, well, Matt, I appreciate it, dude. This will go live uh, probably early next week. All right, Eddie. Later, dude. See you, buddy. Good seeing you, man. All right. Bye.